Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. This week we're honored to have Caitlin with us and we're going to have a great week talking about these things that are going on that people who suffer from PTSD and their symptoms can really help with. Caitlin, thank you. Thanks, Doug. It's great to be here. Keep listening. We'll explore some really great stuff. Great to be back with you, folks. What an honor it is to be here in Bemidji, Minnesota with my new friend, Caitlin. So Debbie and I had the opportunity to meet Caitlin yesterday. She's got a ministry up here. She actually works with Brother Jeff Meyer, who many of you know, who works with uh, Wounded Spirits Ministry. And Caitlin is finishing up college. She's counseling folks, working with folks, and working with the PTSD Wounded Spirits Group. Thanks for being with us today, Caitlin. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, so as we were talking, you know, as you go through life and you meet people with PTSD, I think I think one of the coolest things I should I think one of the coolest things about PTSD and, and meeting other people with PTSD is the the ability to meet people who've been through what we've been through and the life that we've been through and the things that we've been through. And uh, I, I got to tell you, God has done such a good work through people in my life. When I meet people who've been through the junk in life, so so Caitlin, where where's home? What where were you born and raised? What's um, so I was born and raised in well, I was born and raised for a little bit in Wyoming, wow. and then um, when I was maybe eight years old, we moved to Minnesota. Wow! So so Caitlin is an eight year old on Minnesota girl, and she's finishing up a college degree. She's a counselor. She's a social worker type of person, got a lot of great skills going on. Some of you have met Jeff, uh, brother Jeff, and Jeff, you know that Jeff works with Wounded Spirits Ministries. Caitlin's a good friend of his. So so Jeff, along with Caitlin, uh, go ahead and they run a PTSD Wounded Spirits group right in town. And it's always so awesome when there's a gentleman and a lady uh, being able to work with the different genders of people and things like that. And what a difference. And so Again, we're just honored. I didn't mean to give you too much of an introduction, but I kind of <laughs> wanted to introduce you so so people know that you're in the business, you're you're in the game, you're doing those types of things you got to do. And uh, I want to talk. So we always start with a word. Those of you listening know that. And so today's word is redeemed. And I'm thinking of this one verse over here in Titus two fourteen, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all inequity, purify himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Well, I don't know about you, Caitlin, but I've been called a peculiar person before. Oh, many times. Yeah. So it's not, so just to be upfront, most of the people that I meet and know would probably call themselves peculiar. I think the people who say they're normal are probably the most messed up people. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> be being true. upfront with you. I think, I think they're probably the most messed up people. So when you, when you hear that word redeemed, what comes to your mind, Caitlin? Um, well, Jesus Christ comes to my mind. Yeah. Uh, Back when I was living a, uh, a back when I was living a not so great life, I didn't think there was any other way of life that I could ever come out of it. And it wasn't until I came to believe in Jesus Christ that I really knew what that word meant and what it all entailed. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. I'm I'm, I'm so thankful for that. I, I'm thankful. I feel the same way. The first time I ever heard the word redeem, this is, and I'm not a name dropper, but years ago I was sitting on, uh, I was on the White House Communications, in White House Communications, I was on an inaugural committee when President Bush was President H.W. Bush and President Clinton had just won the election. But I remember those little times I was there. I remember sitting on the corner of my desk was the future president, George W. Bush. At that time, I think he was the president of the Texas Rangers. And he walked over to me and he asked me if I was redeemed. And I, 
I, I'm thankful that you were able to say you're redeemed. I was not able to say that at that time. And so it would be a full year later before I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And so, so Caitlin, I think it'd be great. You kind of introduce it. That wasn't the reason I picked the word redeem. We, I got to be upfront with the words around here that are picked for these podcasts. Mm -hmm. They really don't have a lot of significance. I'm trying to think what word we haven't used or what word we haven't used in a while. But in your case, uh, talking about being redeemed. So give us some testimony. Give us some background on your life. Well, I grew up in a family that went to church every Sunday. I was baptized. I went to um, confirmation classes, but I never, I never really understood what yeah. Jesus did for me, and I fell away from my family and my church, and I got um, pretty heavily into addiction. Yeah, yeah. So I, I appreciate your honesty here, and I, I, you know, I was kind of in that same place. I was a church person as a young person, didn't know Christ, didn't know anything about Christ, mm. didn't know he died for me. And I had went through those same kind of steps. And so how does a person and, and, and just helping out those listening, how does a person go from a ground zero to addiction? Like in your case, how, how did it happen with you? Um, I can't say for sure. It was kind of little things. Um, uh, I had siblings that drank and use drugs, and so um, I I witnessed it. And growing up, I I guess I never really felt. Yeah. And so the first time I put a substance in my body, I felt the feeling that it gave me, and it felt better than reality did. So I kind of just dove right into it, and um, yeah, you know, five years later, it took me to some pretty dark depths. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I guess I've been one of those people who put a drug into my body years ago when I was a teenager. And there, there is almost like a euphoria. It's, it's like people are looking for something and there's a hole in every one of us. There's a hole in everybody that only God can fill. And, yeah. and when, when we don't have God filling that. So, um, so, so you, where did this take you? So you, you started off, you, you put a substance into your body and, and where do you go from there? Well, and I just want to state, like, I I was from a pretty decent family, good home. Yeah. I um, went to a college prep school. I got very good grades. You know, when I was younger, I thought, oh, something like that couldn't happen to somebody like me. Yeah. But um, once I was hooked, um, it I ended up moving to Florida, and I um, was on the streets. I was involved in prostitution. Um, I did a lot of desperate things to get my drugs, and I—, I was around a lot of not not great people. Yeah. And so um, just a lot of jail stays, hospital stays, um, a lot of shame, depression, trauma. Yeah, yeah. And and, and so if you don't mind my asking, I, and, and folks, just so you know, Caitlin and I had a conversation this morning of what was on the table and what all, and she's just like me, just like Stephanie and just – uh, Caitlin just is good with everything being put out there. And one of the reasons I'm going to talk a little bit about this addiction and, and how I got going is so that we know what to look out for ourselves, our children, our family. So was there a gateway in there that you started? It was just a little bit at a time. Yeah. So it actually started in middle school. I started uh, experimenting with alcohol. Um, I was probably one of the first people in my class to start drinking or bring alcohol to parties, but um, it was, it started as just a weekend thing or just a once in a while thing. And then slowly I was smoking marijuana and, um, pretty soon it wasn't just on the weekends. It was during the weekdays and yeah. then I'd be skipping classes, skipping lunch period. And then 
I wouldn't go to school until I could be high. Or when I left school, I would go and get high. And um, pretty soon I was switching schools because I had too much of a reputation at one school. And um, I was, I was, I graduated by the skin of my teeth. I probably shouldn't have, but I was lucky to. And then you went to prep school. Oh, my, I went to high school prep school. Oh, okay. College prep, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, so that's amazing. But I think that's a picture of what happens here, folks. I think that's kind of what happened in my life. I got hooked up, uh, uh, you know, pot marijuana was a big thing when I was growing up as a kid and booze. And, and it, it just seemed okay. You know, it's just if, if you're just going to smoke some pot and drink. And, and as I've always said, it's not okay. It's a gateway. It can take you to some real deep, dark places. And if you're not careful, you know, something Caitlin said a, a few minutes ago that really grabbed my attention is it just made me feel different and better. Mm-hmm. And that's what the devil wants. That's what drugs are always about, giving you this euphoria feel, you know, like I'm a little bit invincible. I, I've, you know, I, I feel great. You know, it doesn't matter. My parents are mad at me. School's mad at me. Whatever's mad at me. But I feel good. And, uh, and, and so watching out for that and, and, and teaching, you know, that that's not God. God's not about those types of things. And that's exactly what Caitlin's here telling us right now. So, so Caitlin, you graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and thankfully you, you graduated and I feel the same way, you know, <laughs> I mean, when you're, when you get hooked up with that stuff, it could go either way. I'm just being right. honest with you folks. And, yeah. and, uh, and I want you to know that I'm sitting next to a, a very intelligent lady just finishing up college. Uh, but this is what drugs do. So I, I want to, uh, the only reason I'm describing her is not to embarrass her, but this is a, this is a lady who's extremely well-spoken, uh, attractive and, but, you know, Caitlin, something I was thinking about when you were talking uh, about, you know, just getting started. Was there someone in your life that got you started? You know, when I started experimenting with alcohol, I would actually take alcohol out of my brother's closets and yeah. I would drink it when nobody was home. So I think I think the the dark, not the darkness, I don't want to say, but those feelings came from within me. Yeah. You know, and of course there's external things going on, but ultimately I felt a void and I didn't know how to fill it because I didn't know Jesus. And um, pretty soon I was trying to fill it with all these other things just because they made me feel other. Yeah, yeah. Hey folks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and give these radio stations an opportunity to play what they got to play and we'll be right back with you. Hang in there. Well, hey, thanks for coming right back with us. We continue on with Caitlin here. Caitlin just made, a, uh, I think, a strong point for me to think about, maybe for all of you, if there's alcohol in your house. I mean, even if it's for adults and stuff, you you never know who's going to get into that, Caitlin, do you? No, you do not. Did your brother ever figure that out? Did he ever figure it out? I think I ended up telling him later Mm -hmm. on, but it wasn't just at my own house. I mean, my friend's parents would have liquor cabinets, and we'd take liquor out and put water back in. Yeah. You know? 
Well, and I, I, I just got to come clean because I feel like confession is good for the soul sometimes. And I want you to know that I was, many of you know that I was an altar boy years ago and got fired for taking the wine. So I was known for doing something. So Caitlin's losing it a little bit over here. <laughs> she didn't know about that particular thing in my mm-hmm. life. But, uh, but I think Caitlin, and again, I hate to do so much in this testimony thing. And you're going to be glad when this first episode's over and we're rolling in a different direction <laughs> here. But, um, so, so Caitlin, you, you graduate from high school, then what? Um, well, I made an attempt at college, but at that point I was already into harder drugs. I was into um, pain pills and cocaine. And so from there, I just kind of went off the deep end. I dropped yeah. out of college. Um, I was living with a boyfriend who sold weed, and I was able to really dive into the harder drugs, which eventually would lead me to IV drug use and smoking crack. Wow. Do you still remember the, the first time you had IV drug use? Do you? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I was working at a, a nursing home and there had been some narcotics in the uh, destroy box. Yeah. And um, I just remember the first time I felt that feeling. It, it was like a warm blanket had been put around me. And not only that, I mean, up until that point, I liked the way drugs felt me. But at this time, it it made me feel numb. It made me not feel things. And at that point in my life, that was kind of what I was seeking. Yeah. So, and, and folks, I, I'm, I'm so thankful for Caitlin and what she's talking about here because there's so many of us who know exactly what she's talking about. And we all know people like Caitlin. And, and again, that hole that only God can fill. And when, when you don't have God in your life, you end up not having the right people in your life. And, mm. and, and you find yourself in that case. So, so did anyone figure that out at the nursing home or were you able to move along? Or? You know, I, I, that I know of, nobody ever figured it out, but I did end up getting fired from there for being inebriated on the job. So I don't, I don't think it was a secret. Yeah. 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 As much as I thought it was. So where do you go from there? You're fired. Uh, you're you're kind of getting hooked on things. What happens next? Um, <clears throat> so I ended up going to Florida for treatment and... Um, Florida was not a good place for me. Uh, I went for I went for treatment, and I ended up staying down there on probation. And um, there's a lot of drug abuse in Florida because there's a lot of treatment centers. Yeah. And well, I don't know which came first, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And um, it, I just I didn't have family around to to see what I was doing and I didn't have to lie to them about things because, well, I did over the phone, but I didn't have to put on a facade. I could just yeah. be who I thought I wanted to be. And that was a full blown addict. And I, I, I didn't grow up saying, Oh, I want to be an addict. Right. You know what I mean? But when I was in it, it's like I was in survival mode. I just, every day I needed to find ways to get the money, to get the drugs, and then I wake up and do it all over again. It's my whole day was consumed with it. I'm so glad that Caitlin shared that with us, just so we can get a view of what it looks like. These are these are good folks out there who got caught up in drugs, who got caught up in alcohol. These are people like Caitlin, prep school, high school, uh, nice lady, goes down to Florida to get treatment. So how do you end up getting treatment and coming out and going back? How does something like that happen? Well... I think in hindsight, right, I didn't have Jesus Christ. Yeah. So uh, they take the drugs away, and I'm going to um, group therapy and all these things, but I'm not really addressing the real issue. The whole. Yeah, I'm not addressing the whole, you know, and I can fill it with these other things like food or meetings or all these things, but when it, 
comes down to it, I still had a big hole in my heart. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so you end up finding yourself in, in God knows what. And so how long does this go on for? So, uh, so I was in Florida for eight years. Eight years. Yep. And that lifestyle was consistent throughout. I mean, sometimes it would stop if I went to jail or if I uh, went to treatment. But really the entire time, that's all I was thinking about. You know, I had no reprieve. I was in bondage. So whatever it takes to make the money, to get the drugs, yep. to have the high. Yeah. And so that was an everyday thing for you. All day, every day. All day, every day. And if you made more money, you had more drugs. Yes. Now, what are, friend, are any of these people? And I, again, thank you. I, I've never had anybody uh, speak on this before on, on the podcast. And your honesty and integrity in doing that is great. And uh, so uh, what were your friends like during my, that time? Yeah, my friends were all people like me doing what I was doing. And um, so there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of moral high ground or anybody to say, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this. You know, if somebody had an idea to get money or to get more drugs, I mean, everybody was on board with it. And in reality, I mean, I maybe had friends around me for a while, but eventually I kind of ended up living uh, pretty, a life pretty much solitude. Like I pretty much stuck to myself because I didn't feel like I could trust anybody and I felt like everybody was out to get me. Yeah. And, and one thing you mentioned to me is so, so there's a while you're on the streets here now. Mm. Now, did you work for somebody? Were you your own person? Were you? Yeah, I was. Um, so when I started out making money the way I did, I started out as my own person. Um, and I just kind of kept to that. Um, yeah. Like I was so desperate for my drugs. I didn't want to give any of my money mm. to anybody else. Yeah. And um, that put me in a lot of really dangerous situations in some of the places I was in also. And, and, you know, I just want to say something uh, just now and, and just kind of taking what Caitlin's saying and trying to help one another. For those of you who would be involved in some, some poor person who's in the bondage of drugs and trying to make a dollar, uh, to somebody that would go out there and hire a person like this or be involved, uh, you need to get right with God. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, all we're doing is fueling this, something that could have killed my dear friend here. And uh, that could have brought her to a place that was really bad. So, 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 Caitlin, obviously, uh, you're going through all this, and boy, I, we're coming to the end of the episode. So let's just stick, <laughs> stick here because we'll we'll save you getting saved and, and finding your way out here in a minute. Okay. Um, but you mentioned you went to jail. And you were arrested. I think in Florida, I was arrested five times. Five times. And then once in Michigan. Now, did they did they know you? Did they come looking for you? Or in Florida is a pretty big place, so I don't think they knew me but when they would stop me they I, I don't think they really had to dig too deep I think they knew what I was all about just by the looks of me and yeah. where I was and the time of night and all that stuff um yeah. but yeah. yeah so they just staked you out or whatever they did and then caught you what does it feel like when you get arrested I mean what is that what is that <clears throat> like oh it's especially for an addict who's um physically addicted to heroin um it's I felt desperation. Yeah. Anything I could do to get out of it or anything I could tell my parents to bail me out. I mean, I just, my whole motive was I need to get out so that I don't go through withdrawal so that I can get high again. And, um, yeah. it, I, when I say it was, I was in bondage. I yeah. mean, I really was, it was a continual thing. It's all I ever really thought about. Yeah. I, I like one of the, uh, I like the example you keep on giving this example of bondage 
and and I like that because I forget to even use that term sometimes. But when we're into drugs, into the streets, into anything short of Jesus Christ, we're in bondage of some mm-hmm. sort. We can be in bondage to gambling. We can be in bondage to alcohol, drugs, and and using that term and reminding all of us that bondage is real. I mean, it was so real for you. You're just trying to get out of jail. You're they do whatever they want, say whatever you want. Get me out of here so I can do this all again. And, and folks, that's a picture of a life without Jesus Christ. That's yes. a picture. Uh, we started this. We, we talked about redemption. We started with that verse in uh, Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us, uh, might redeem us of all of our inequity. I'm so glad I've been redeemed of all of my inequity. And we're, we're going to come back with you in a few minutes or tomorrow, actually, you guys' time. And we're going to continue on with Caitlin's story. I, I love her honesty. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 111, 9, he sent his redemption to the people and he had commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverent is his name. And and thank God for holy and reverent. Thank God that uh, God still saves old sinners like me and saves old sinners like Caitlin and saves old sinners like you. And uh, we're so glad that you turned us on your radios, turned us on your podcasts, whatever the case may be. We're honored that we can minister to you and come to you today. May God bless you. If there's anything we can do, reach for us out there at Help for Wounded Spirits. Facebook page, Doug at WoundedSpirits.com or WoundedSpirits.com Facebook page. Watch those new TV episodes. We love you. Have a great day.